problem is one stupid mistake. And the Bible uses this kind of language when it talks about how we use our words. In James 3.5 it says this, The tongue is a small member, yet it boasts of great things. How great a forest is set ablaze by such a small fire. Our words are powerful. They're powerful. Our words can cause great harm or can bring about great good. Our words are powerful. As we continue to think in Proverbs this morning, the ultimate lesson is this. Think before you speak and choose your words carefully. <laughs> the heart of the godly thinks carefully before speaking. Proverbs fifteen twenty-eight. Think before you speak. Think before you text. Think before you post. Think before you comment. Think before you hit send. Think before you tweet. And choose your words carefully. Sometimes Christians get so worried about what people are putting into their mouths, right? Oh, you can't, what is it? You can't drink, smoke, or chew or go with girls that do, right? Um, <laughs> you ever heard that before? <laughs> yep. <laughs> yeah, that's a good Baptist uh, idiom. We get so worked up with people, you know, drinking, smoking, what are they putting into their bodies. And that is, of course, we need to be concerned about that. But sometimes we focus so much on that and care so little about what's coming out of our mouths. Gossip, slander, boasting, and so on. We need to take those things just as seriously. So the book of Proverbs highlights in many ways uh, how we can use our words wisely and how we can use our words unwisely. And that's where we're headed today as we continue our series, Proverbs Living Well in God's World. And here we are on week five, Words of the Wise. So let's start this morning by looking at how Proverbs says we can use words unwisely. <clears throat> and as usual with this series, we're going to be flying through a whole bunch of different scripture verses. So just do your best to follow along on the screen. Uh, so using our words unwisely. So here, I just sort of went through and I read all of these scriptures. There's so many in Proverbs about how we use our words. Uh, and, uh, and I just categorized them the best I could. So here we go. So first of all, lying. The mouth of the godly person gives wise advice, but the tongue that deceives will be cut off. Gentle words are a tree of life, but a deceitful tongue crushes the spirit. The crooked heart will not prosper. The lying tongue tumbles into trouble. A false witness will not go unpunished, nor will a liar escape. And I like this one. The wicked are trapped by their own words, but the godly escape such trouble. And I, I put that one in the lying category, because what happens when you start telling lies? You end up getting trapped in this web of lies, right? It's like Sir Walter Scott said, Oh, what a tangled web we weave when first we practice to deceive. Mm -hmm. Once you start one lie, then you've got to remember it. But so that, and remember who you told it to, cause so that you can keep the lie going. Right? I'm, I'm, not, I can't, I'm not a good liar because I have such a bad memory. So it's like, <laughs> did I tell you? What did I tell you? What did I tell you? Oh, I can't remember. So I've got to just tell the truth. Yeah. 
how about this? Perverse talk. Using our words unwisely. Perverse talk. The lips of the godly speak helpful words, but the mouth of the wicked speaks perverse words. I have a couple of friends who work for MB Power, and they told me that on the job site, it is just disgusting the way that people talk. You know, you think these boys maybe grow up a little bit as they become men, but no. Um, uh, it's unbelievably perverted the way some people are in their speech. Christians can't be any part of that kind of talk. Okay, we can't we can't be degrading to women and making perverted jokes and all that kind of stuff. That's not cool. Slander, slandering others makes you a fool. That's pretty straightforward, isn't it? If you're going around trash-talking people, you're the one who ends up looking bad. Verbal digs. This is the best I could come up with how to categorize this. Verbal digs. With their words, the godless destroy their friends. This is when you are, uh, when you're speaking to someone that you love or say that you love or a friend or a family member, but the words that you're using are cutting and hurtful. Uh, some people make cutting remarks, it says, but the words of the wise bring healing. When people intentionally or unintentionally hurt you with their words in a way that seems friendly. I've heard many people tell me stories of verbal abuse that they've experienced in their life. And a lot of the time it's from people who say they love you, whether it's a parent or a spouse or a friend, and yet they say things, and they might not even might not be yelling it might not but it's just little little digs little little cuts here and there um, that's also not acceptable boasting a fool's proud talk becomes a rod that beats him but the words of the wise keep them safe gossip it's foolish to belittle one's neighbor a sensible person keeps quiet a gossip goes around telling secrets some translations say a tail-bearer. I like that way of putting it, a tail-bearer. Someone going around bearing tails. You wouldn't believe what I just heard. All right. Um, gossip. Uh, a gossip goes around telling secrets, but those who are trustworthy can keep a confidence. Chapter 16. Scoundrels create trouble. Their words are a destructive blaze. A troublemaker plants seeds of strife. Gossip separates the best of friends. I like this one, too. Rumors are dainty morsels that sink deep into one's heart. Hmm, juicy gossip. There's a story of a woman in a village who maliciously gossiped about another lady and her family in the village. One day she found out that she was wrong about this lady and her family and had a change of heart. So she went to the village's wise man and asked how she could take back all the wrong she had done. The wise man told her to go home and kill her chickens and pluck their feathers and put them into a bag. Okay? So she goes to the wise man. She says, wise man, I was, I've been gossiping about this lady and I realized I was wrong. I want to take back the words. The wise man says, okay, go home, kill your chickens, pluck the feathers and put them in a bag. All right? The lady did as she was told. When she came back to the man, he told her, now go back and pick up all the feathers that you have scattered. Oh, sorry, I missed, a, I missed a part there. Sorry, okay. The wise man told her to go home and kill her chickens, pluck the feathers, and put them in a bag. After this, she was to go back and see the wise man again, but on her way to go back to see the wise man, she was to scatter all the feathers she had plucked from the chicken. Okay? Scatter all the feathers on her way back to see the wise man. Then, 
The lady did as she was told. When she got back to the man, he told her, Now go back and pick up all the feathers you have scattered. The woman was astonished at such a command and said, Well, by now the wind has carried the feathers through the village and beyond. The wise man told her, And so it is with your careless words. They are like the feathers scattered in the wind. You cannot retrieve them. And with that, the woman with a broken heart because of the words she had spoken went her way, determined from that day forward to watch her words. Uh, There's a book, a Christian book. Some of you may have read it. I think we have it in our library. Uh, It's called Keep It Shut by Karen Amen. And And she says this in that book. She says, don't say something permanently painful because you're temporarily ticked off. Hmm. Some of us need to speak less. That's actually one of the most prominent lessons about this from the book of Proverbs. Maybe we need to overall do a little less talking and more listening. As people say, that's why God gave you two ears and one mouth, right? Uh, So let me just look at some of these verses in Proverbs that tell us to do less talking. This is what they say. Uh, Chapter 10, verse 14. Wise people treasure knowledge, but the babbling of a fool invites disaster. How about this one? The mouth of a fool belches out foolishness. Chapter 10, verse 9. Too much talk leads to sin. Be sensible and keep your mouth shut. Man, this is not... Proverbs doesn't hold anything back. They just tell it like it is. Okay. The heart of the godly thinks carefully before speaking. The mouth of the wicked overflows with evil words. 21, 23. Watch your tongue and keep your mouth shut and you will stay out of trouble. I like this. This was my favorite one. 17, 28. Even fools are thought wise when they keep silent. With their mouths shut, they seem intelligent. (laughs) Man, that last one's for me. I am known to put my foot in my mouth uh, to speak when silence would have been better. My mom used to tell me growing up that she said, you have verbal diarrhea. Uh, When Julia and I were newlyweds, uh, we were living in Kingston, Nova Scotia, and... uh, uh, she she made me a batch of cookies, or was it an Annie Ganesh? Maybe I think it was. What's that? We were, we were oh we weren't even married. We were dating, <laughs> and she made me a batch of chocolate chip cookies. Now you have to understand, my grandmother, who's who is now deceased, my dad's mom, made the world's greatest chocolate chip cookies. Okay, like so good. So, so good. Unbelievably, like the best. You've never tasted a chocolate chip cookie until you've had one of hers. And so Julia made me these cookies, and you know what? I thought they were really good. And so I, to compliment her, I said, Julia, these cookies are almost as good as my grandmother's cookies. And she did not take that well. What do you mean almost as good? I said, well, that's a compliment. And then and I'm like, you know, explaining, you know, because they were so good and yours are really good. And, and she's just like doing like the digging symbol. Like you're just making your, you're, <laughs> you need to quit while you're ahead, right? Um, it says, one of the Proverbs says, uh, death and life are in the power of the tongue. And I think that's what that's talking about. Um, 
So yes, I, I have learned, and I'm still learning uh, to be quiet sometimes when I just need to say less. And uh, actually, Julia is really, really good at helping me know when to stop talking. When I when I when I came here to interview with the church, um, we, so we were in the in the office or whatever, and they were interviewing me, and we had a system worked out that if she, if I got talking too much and got you going on about something, that she would under the table just squeeze my leg. <laughs> And that would be my s signal to stop talking. Uh, <laughs> so it worked. It was good, obviously. Um, yeah. Seriously, she's the best, I'm telling you. Okay. It says in Ecclesiastes 3.7, it says, There is a time to be silent. There is a time to be silent. Some of us need to learn that. There's a time to be silent. Sometimes... Saying nothing is is saying is the best thing. You know, I think there's a Alison Krauss has a song. You say it best when you say nothing at all. Um, we got to learn that sometimes. Some of us. You don't always have to comment on that post that you might disagree with. I have to learn that one too because I'm very tempted all the time. It's election season, you know, and uh, people post things and oh, I'm so tempted to comment, but I just have to refrain. Um, there's a time to, time to be quiet. There's a time to be silent. But it also says there is a time to speak. All right? It does say there's a time to speak. And, and so what Proverbs, when Proverbs says all this stuff about the fool, how the fool speaks, Proverbs also says, here's how wise people speak. And it, it says the words of the godly are a life-giving fountain. The words of the godly are like sterling silver. The word, wise words satisfy like a good meal. The right words, the right words bring satisfaction. And so it's not just about we need to not talk. We need to use our words properly, use our words wisely. So then, according to the book of Proverbs, how do wise people use their words? So let's look at some categories here. How to use our words wisely? Well, to encourage. The words of the godly encourage many. 1624, kind words are like honey, sweet to the soul and healthy for the body. I bet any of you who have been able to accomplish anything good in your life can probably point to people along the way who were an encouragement to you. Uh, some of us are so hard on ourselves, so down on ourselves and insecure. A word of encouragement, the right time, can make all the difference. I know it has for me on more than one occasion. So use your words to encourage one another. Uh, use your words to give good advice. Proverbs says this, 10, Proverbs, uh, chapter 10, verse 31. The mouth of the godly person gives wise advice. The lips of the wise give good advice. Timely advice is lovely like golden apples in a silver basket. Use your words to heal relationships, to bring healing into situations. So many, our wor so many times our words do the opposite of that, right? They, di they divide us. They, they hurt people. Instead, we should be using our words not to hurt, but to heal. The words of the wise bring healing. Love prospers when a fault is forgiven. And this is only the book of Proverbs, right? We could go through the whole Bible, and we'd be here all day looking at how the Bible instructs us to use our words. Uh, this is something for us to be thinking about, uh, to be meditating on this week. How can I use my words more carefully uh, to, to encourage, to build one another up, to bring healing, 
and so on, to give good advice. The heart of the godly thinks carefully before speaking. Now, to grow in this area of our lives, you go to the next slide, to grow in this area of our lives, we have to recognize that it's not just a tongue issue, it's ultimately a heart issue. This is what it says in Luke chapter 6, the words of Jesus. The good person out of the good treasure of his heart produces good, and the evil person out of the evil treasure produces evil. For out of the abundance of the heart his mouth speaks. What comes out of my mouth started in my heart. If we are unwise with our words, that's a symptom of a bad heart. If you turn your tap on in the morning and brown water comes out, you're not just going to go, oh, well, I really need to clean the water in this cup. No, you're going to go, I need to go investigate the well or the source, right? And this is the way it is with our words. If there's brown words coming out of our mouth, there's dirty words, dirty, dirty water, we've got to check out the well and see what's going on in there. Um, so if I find myself not being wise and careful with my words, the question I need to ask myself is, how's my heart these days? What's going on in my heart? What kind of junk is in my heart that's causing me to speak this way? What am I treasuring in my heart? What's my heart meditating on? Is it meditating on the Word of God? Is my heart meditating on the presence of the Holy Spirit, the example of Jesus, the love of the Father? Or is it meditating on the things of the world? On, on negative things, meditating on my feelings, my emotions. Our prayer should be, God, clean out my heart, sanctify my heart. I like what it says in Psalm 139, 23 and 24. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. Point out anything in me that offends you and lead me along the path of everlasting life. This is our prayer. Lord, sanctify our hearts, Lord. Point out stuff in us that's not right, that we can get right with you. <clears throat> I'm going to... We're going to finish like on time today. This is amazing. Um, I'm going to close with one, uh, one final thought. This is this. What are the most important words for me to speak? What are the most important words that I can speak? And I think it's... It's this. Romans 10, 9-10 says this. If you declare with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised Him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is with your heart that you believe and are justified, and it is with your mouth that you profess your faith and are saved. This whole matter of what's in our hearts and what comes out of our mouth is so important that our very salvation depends on it. The three most important words any human being can speak are Jesus is Lord, coming from a heart that trusts in Jesus, believing in the power of his death to save us from sin and the fact of his bodily resurrection from the dead to prove that everything he did and said was true. Now, most of you here this morning have already declared your trust in Jesus as your Savior and as your Lord. I suspect that's true. Some of you may still be on the journey toward 
coming to that point in your life when you're able to recognize Christ as your Savior and Christ as your Lord, as the King of your life. Others of you may be finding yourself ready to make that decision. Maybe you're here today and you're thinking, you know what? I do believe in Jesus, and I, and I do want to surrender my life to him. I do want him to be the Lord of my life, and I've just never really taken that step. Um, maybe you're finding that you do believe in your heart, and, you're prepared, and you are prepared to declare him the Lord of your life. I want to give everyone here this morning the opportunity to publicly declare Jesus as Lord. If you're in this place this morning, and you want to declare that with your mouth, maybe for the very first time, or maybe for the hundredth time or thousandth time. That Jesus is the Lord of your life. And then in a second I'm going to ask you to stand. And to be clear, you're standing because either you're a follower of Jesus already and you want to proudly declare Jesus is Lord because of the best words we can speak. And it means so much. It means that he is the king of my every day. Or it means that you are right now for the very first time deciding that I want to become a Christian. I want to put my faith in Jesus Christ. I want to trust Him with my life. I want to be saved. And so you're going to stand and you're going to say, Jesus is Lord. You're going to believe in your heart and you're going to confess with your mouth. So if that's you this morning, if you are in one of those two categories, a believer who just is so excited and happy to declare Jesus as Lord or a person who wants to stand for the first time and declare Jesus as Lord, will you stand right now? Awesome. So, let's shout it together. You with me? Three, two, one. Jesus is Lord. Amen. Amen. Yeah, that's good. Now, if you have said that for the first time, if you're amongst the people who have for the first time have just declared Jesus is Lord, I want you to tell me that afterwards uh, because I want to talk to you about what is next after that. Uh, Kyla, can you please play? You're, you're right on the ball, right there, all ready to go. Um, let's pray. Lord God, thank you so much for this moment. We stand here today in the midst of an unbelieving world, loudly and confidently declaring Jesus is Lord. Help us to be wise with all of our words, Lord to use our words to build up and encourage and bring healing and blessing to others. Forgive us when our words cause hurt to others. Sanctify us, Lord Jesus. Change my heart, oh God. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be pleasing to you, O oh Lord my rock and my redeemer. 